And halfway through, we just seemed to fall off a cliff. We entered our sort of mid-season and beyond crops and the plants were just dying in front of us. This week on the programme, not so easy peasy. We round up the pea harvest and, as you've heard, the weather hasn't really helped. Also in the week, NFU Mutual released its annual rural crime report. We hear from the farmers who've come face to face with the criminals. Over the last few years, we've had a number of quad bikes stolen. Uh, we've had a large tractor stolen as well. Uh, these people are not particularly nice. If they want something, they'll take it, and they don't care who gets in their way. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Good morning. We chatted with Stephen Francis of Fens Peas on the very first day of this year's harvest. At the time, it was warm and sunny, and hot temperatures were on their way, but hadn't arrived yet. This week, the pea harvest has ended, and I caught up with Stephen by coincidence on the day the warmer weather ended. So, Stephen, what kind of season has it been? And the season was very challenging, very torturous. Um, and yes, you're quite right. We met last just before the big heat came, but the heat didn't seem to go away from there. And uh, strange, really. We were still in what I would call good crops. They weren't um, sort of yield-busting ones, but nevertheless you know, would produce a reasonable return. Um, And that sort of continued until we were about halfway through the season. And then halfway through, we just seemed to fall off a cliff. Um, We entered our sort of mid-season and beyond crops, and the plants were just dying in front of us. That's not good, is it? And you can't predict for that, can you? You can't forecast that. You knew some of the heat was coming, but not the relentlessness of it. No, the relentlessness of it and the lack of moisture. And you know, when, when I look back to this time last year, you know, ploughing was going well. It was that land was ploughed in fantastic conditions. We had a very cold winter, good frost mould, and everything looked teed up nicely in the spring. And then, as we know, the beast from the east came in, and the spring itself was very challenging, but we got through it. And when we looked at crop in June this year, early June, the late drilled peas looked absolutely fantastic. They'd gone into a shallow depth, into moisture, into a lot of warmth, and they were flying. But like everything, like all of us, we talk, you know, they say at the moment the government needs us to rehydrate in these high temperatures. Well, I'm afraid the peas weren't getting any rehydration. And I guess, you know, there's the promise as well of you needed them at a certain temperature when they were getting to the factory at this end. Well, that's right. I mean, to be fair, you know, Green Yard coped very well with the heat. Uh, very, very well. Our issues came with crop maturity and indeed with um, the machinery because, you know, we, we're so unused to having to clear out air filters. We'd never do it in a pea season normally, yet we were doing it day in, day out. Um, and it was a real challenge uh, for the harvesters and indeed for the men, because even though they do sit in nice air-conditioned cabs, it was a relentless slog that actually took us 46 days, which is, I don't know, probably six days shorter than normal, something like that. So the heat we've had would suggest a really contracted season, but it wasn't too contracted in the end. I think the only other thing is that I don't know by wing or by prayer, but mainly really because of the lower yields, we didn't um, have to leave anything. So everything we did was of the highest quality it could absolutely be. Yeah, I was going to say, quality is is still there, is it? 
quality is still very much there with the sunlight that we've got it's a bit like fruit you know the more sunlight you get the sweeter the fruit is and the same can be said of the peas the quality is absolutely first class this year because you're a great supporter of the yes peas campaign and uh, in the middle of all this when you were busy coping with the heat um, a pop-up shop went in london didn't it um to try and well encourage people down south to uh, to see the variety of what peas can do it did and yeah we went down there with trepidation and it was a huge success you're never quite sure what you're going to see on the you know streets of Shoreditch uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning but people were coming back from the gym and it went a bit they were sort of really embracing it trying the pea smoothies and various things and then when lunchtime hit they were queuing out the door so word had traveled fast people had actually taken the trouble to come in from central London um, to there and huge huge success and the other thing they had was the day before they had the P bike where they went around with a tricycle riding around London with a freezer on the front of it and serving pea ice cream to the various media houses which again was a huge huge hit one of the things that Rachel Green served was peas on toast we've all heard of beans on toast but with a bit of imagination peas on toast great little snack and extremely healthy um, you know, no sugar or anything like that, but full of protein. Uh, she did a uh, vegetarian aubergine curry, and that went like hotcakes. It really did. And I have to say, while mentioning her, Rachel actually cried. I don't know how many meals she turned out that day, small admittedly, but she did a sterling job, sterling job. You just go back to the yield, as you say. It's not going to be good this year. No, not going to be good. Um, and that really is reflected all around Europe. If you go as far east as sort of Poland and places like that, where it all kicked off, the yields have been very disappointing. And we're told in the bulk market it's already been reflected on what prices people are wanting to secure product. So it's early days because... There's still a large percentage of the UK to finish. I suppose most of them, apart from Scotland, will finish this week and it will come out in the wash in a couple of weeks' time, but it will be significantly down on you know, what we budgeted for. Not ideal. That's uh, Stephen Francis of Fempees on the pea harvest. Well, Stephen understandably mentioned the weather, the beast from the east earlier in the year, then the heat of June, July and early August. Uh, it's certainly been a year to remember. Uh, Sean Sparling, our agronomist, is here. Sean, Mother nature certainly likes to throw a challenge our way doesn't she she certainly does and i I mean it's a peculiarity i've done this job for 30 years and i've never seen the normal year that everybody bangs on about every year is totally different but i I think in a year like this it is easy to forget just how wet the winter was it's easy to forget the snow it's easy to think it's just been hot and dry ever since people have had pockets of rain as you've said and that has helped the harvest but the thing I keep coming back to is the livestock farmers. We must support those fellows. And I'm surprised that nobody's stepped in and said, OK, on the AD maze that's out there in the field, some of that needs sending in to the, the livestock boys. Um, but we need to look after those chaps because it, it really hasn't kicked in yet for those chaps. And we're going to hear an awful lot more about it as the weeks go by, I think. That is the threat, isn't it? As we go into, the, into winter, into next spring. Yeah, even be, on yeah. you know livery yards are feeding horses hay now. And it's unheard of in August. But when you've 
got the first cut of silage that has yielded the same as third cut and there hasn't been a second cut. This rain will help because it will bring another cut into September. But things are really very, very desperate. And I'm talking to growers and people taking lambs to market that are usually 40 to 45 kilo lambs and they're 30 to 33 kilos because people know they can't sustain them over the winter. That is tragic. We've got to do something to help. And what are you know, farmers you speak to, what are they saying to you going into the latter part of the year we've got brexit coming at the end of march and there's still that uncertainty are, are people feeling optimistic or i think people are optimistic for the now they're optimistic for the fact the prices look good because the yields are helping that price look good it, i get very frustrated when i hear michael gove we heard him the other day talking about how important it is to support agriculture what we must do what we must do it's all words words mean absolutely nothing they've got to follow them up with actions and it's not in five years time it's now it needs sorting out. And all this infighting and bickering, it frustrates me that political parties can't get their, their act together and help each other get us sorted because it's our future they're dealing with. So Brexit is very worrying, but I think we've got too much to worry about at the moment without worrying about something we can't influence. So it's always been the case, John, in this country, we're free to do as we're told. And unfortunately, there are about 720 people who are deciding what we're going to do. That's always my, con- it's always my concern when I've no influence over it. And do you think um, the tide is turning about people realising the importance of food. You know, with the hot weather we've been through, the drought period, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that, you know, we've got problems with crops, that, you know, there are issues out there. Do you think the general public now are are understanding the problems or even the politicians understanding the problems? I'd like to think so. I really would like to think so. But I still think there's a huge disconnect between those of us in agriculture and those who aren't in agriculture. And while we can still import stuff, people don't care about the provenance. They're very happy to shout about, oh, it's important, we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't want this, we don't want that. But, you know, when there's nothing on the shelves, they'll take it from anywhere. So I think people do... In a year like this, it's going to drive that message home, just how vital farming is. We've always said, if anything happened to farming, it would be eight months, nine months before anybody noticed. And we're starting to see that now, and it will only get worse. And we're all out there doing our best to try and help people. So trust us, we we are doing what we say we're doing, and you really do need to support farmers because this is going to highlight the issues we're talking about. And what's frustrating is they don't get any more money for the crop the supermarkets will bang it onto the top line because they see an opportunity of making more money out of you. That's the criminal thing about the whole thing, really. It's not farmers that are causing that. It's Mother Nature and people making an opportunistic bundle of cash off the back of it, and that's the wrong thing because it's not the farmers that are getting the money. Thank you, Sean. Sean Sparling from Sparling Agronomy Services. In a moment, rural crime and especially hair coursing. We'll hear from a couple of farmers who've been confronted by the criminals. First, let's get an update on the latest from Open Field with Rebecca Pierce. Morning, Sean. Morning, how's harvest? Harvest progress has continued this week, with reports suggesting the UK wheat harvest is now circa 60% complete, with generally better than expected results given the exceptionally hot and dry conditions we've experienced this summer. The quality also appears to be there in wheats, with majority of the samples I've seen achieving relevant biscuit and milling specifications, which will no doubt see our premiums come under pressure. Currently, full-spec Group 1 milling wheat premiums are circa £10 a tonne. In the past few weeks, wheat futures have risen globally following crop concerns which could further tighten supplies in future months. The trade will be digesting the latest USDA report over the weekend that was released on Friday afternoon, which was expected to make some big cuts to global wheat numbers. 
The latest monthly crop report from Strategy Grains reduced the EU wheat production number to just over 127 million tonnes, down from last month's figure of 132.4 million tonnes, citing parched conditions in northern Europe that have led to catastrophic yield reductions in Germany and Scandinavia. Strategy Grain's updated crop forecast for the UK give a wheat crop figure just over 14 million tonnes versus the 14.4 million tonne figure previously seen. However, whilst these reductions in crop production figures are supportive to our marketplace, I can't help but ask the question, have we seen the top in recent weeks? The wheat market feels a bit weaker this week and ex-farm values have certainly eased in the past few days as harvest progress have given many the confidence to sell forward at these levels. At current money, UK wheat is very expensive and at present there remains little demand from the ethanol markets. Interestingly, since December 2017, UK wheat values are up circa 30% versus ethanol markets that are only up near 15%. Perhaps this explains why ethanol markets are looking at imported grains at present. Whilst there remains little export opportunities for feed barley, values at the farm gate remain relatively unchanged on the week. Early samples I've seen on spring barley see many achieving quality and premiums remain attractive for the lower nitrogen parcels. Get in touch with your local open field farm business manager for more information. The oilseed rate market has seen further support this week with values firming and in some areas £330 a tonne X farm has been available for November. The German Farm Cooperative forecast for Germany's 2018 winter oilseed rape crop number will fall to just shy of 3.5 million tonnes versus the over 4.2 million tonnes figure they saw in 2017. Let's have a look at prices now. September feed wheat is trading circa 185 to £190 a tonne X farm with a forward carry of £1 per tonne per month and £200 a tonne that was seen in recent weeks for May 19 has slipped away with many not even achieving this now for July 19. It's worth looking at Harvest 19 wheat values as they continue to gain traction at the farm gate. On current money, £160 to £165 a tonne is achievable, with £170 a tonne available in some areas for November 2019. Feed barley values for September are circa £175 to £180 a tonne X farm with a forward carry. Please speak to your open field trader for premiums on both winter and spring malting barley. Oil seed rate values for harvest are circa £315 to £320 a tonne X farm, with around £325 to £330 a tonne available for December 2018. Thanks, Rebecca. Rebecca Pierce from Open Field. LFU Mutual published its annual rural crime report this week and surprise, surprise, the cost of crime in the countryside nationally has gone up again, though it has fallen in Lincolnshire, parts of the North East and in Scotland. Rebecca Davidson is from NFU Mutual. Rebecca, what's top of the thieves list? Um, quad bikes, um, all-terrain vehicles, uh, expensive agricultural machinery are topping thieves' wish lists, as well as 4x4s, ranging from Land Rover to Fenders to top-of-range Range Rovers, 
villas and um, the countryside is often seen as an easy target by thieves but also with agricultural machinery theft we're talking about um, machinery and vehicles which are worth tens of thousands of pounds if not hundreds of thousands and there's a demand from across the world for these so it's organised criminal gangs who are targeting the countryside whereas a generation ago it may have been an opportunist theft um, with a very low value item. Our report reveals that farmers are actually turning back to centuries-old methods as well to protect themselves. So we found this year that there's been quite an increase in farmers putting up earth banks and dry ditches, um, stockade fences and high-security single-access points to fortify their farms against criminals. Um, so they're deploying some of the methods and turning to the history books um, to find ways to protect themselves. They're using this hand-in-hand -hand as well with modern-day security so using lasers cctv um, electronic tagging as well but by using a whole host of different measures they're constantly trying to keep one step ahead of the thieves well mike Steele is one of the victims probably a similar story that some of you have faced on the farm over the last few years we've had a number of quad bikes stolen uh, we've had a large tractor stolen as well one of the problems when a, a vehicle like this is stolen the next day you're without your your transport for the day and also we carry a lot of tools in, the, in these vehicles as well so all the tools that you use on a day-by-day -day basis have all gone as well so the, the stress of losing everything um, is, is quite profound. The, the thefts seem to come in, in phases and uh, you'll be aware by talking to other local farmers that there seems to be a group operating in the area and uh, within a period of a few months a number of local farmers will be targeted and then the problem seems to go away maybe for, for six or eight months uh, and then it comes back again. I think there's a certain amount of opportunism that goes on but I very much feel that, that our farms are being targeted and people are coming around constantly just seeing what we've got, looking at our security. When we've had things like this stolen you go around the next day and the PIRs for the floodlights have been pushed up. So they've done a lot of preparation. They've done preparation before they come in to actually steal an item like this. They don't just come in and roll this away. One crime that we expect to see returning over the coming weeks, with harvest almost over, is that of hair coursing. It happens around the country, but is most prevalent in Lincolnshire, where the police have put in extra efforts to try to combat the issue, and they have seen some success with the 30% drop in cases last year. Other police forces are now considering introducing similar measures. Chris Carter farms near Spalding. It is a real problem, isn't it, Chris? More than just a few people driving across your fields, which is bad enough, admittedly. Well, ultimately, it's about anxiety. It's about rural anxiety. People are in fairly remote parts of the world in terms of farming uh, because of necessity. We have fields. You can't put them in villages and towns. Uh, and the sense of isolation is, uh, is, is, is fine until you're threatened with these people, whether they're hair coursing or whether they're stealing bits of agricultural machinery uh, or teleporters which they use for ATM raids of course as you've seen they ram these things into side walls and remove them well the source for teleporters is farming um, and this this threatening behavior that we see all too often very prevalent uh, these people are not particularly nice if they want something they'll take it and they don't care who gets in their way so it's the threat it's the the, the concern that um, comes with witnessing and, and being in, in the periphery of, of, of witnessing this crime. Lincolnshire is served quite well with motorways and major trunk routes and don't forget the docks. 
uh, some of the larger items of agricultural equipment are very often put on lorries and they're out of the country by the time the farmer knows they're gone. Um, in terms of hair coursing, yes, you've seen these fields cleared and it's a lovely place to run your dogs if you want to, but it must be underlined that hair coursing is illegal. It's part of the Hunting with Dogs Act. It was banned in 2004 and it involves cruelty to the hare. They kill the hare. So it is not a nice crime. It's not a question of walking your dog. Chris Carter there. So what lessons can other forces learn from what's happening in Lincolnshire? Mark Jones is the county's police and crime commissioner. He says they're using plenty of new technology to tackle the hair courses, and it is money well spent. Well, the new technology is really important in freeing up officer time. So, you know, we saw last year a 30% reduction in hair coursing because of the work that the police were doing. Well, that was 600 incidents less they had to attend. So 600 other incidents they could attend. So that's really important for the whole community, not just for the rural community. And investing in the right technology helps us gather the right evidence to actually get good quality convictions through the courts, which ultimately is where the deterrent comes in to keep our communities safe. So it all sort of joins up. It's very little point in sending a police officer without the right tools to do the job. It is, it is very difficult to be everywhere in a large rural county, and so really today's launch is really saying to hair courses across the whole of the UK, because they do travel from the four corners, um, come to Lincolnshire, We've got the right tools to do the job, we've got the will to use it, and equally, you know, we will seize your dog, put it in kennels, you won't have it to hair course with. So we're serious in Lincolnshire, and you're better off either not doing it or certainly trying your look elsewhere, but Lincolnshire is not a friendly place for any kind of criminal. My role is working with other police and crime commissioners to make sure that we're joining these processes up, which we do all the time. Um, But also I've had a meeting with the Solicitor General in London about the sentencing guidelines, trying to make sure that legislation is there to support the police forces across the UK, uh, because there's very little point in putting people in court if they're getting very small fines that don't reflect the harm that they're causing to our communities. So it's, it's... really rounding up the whole criminal justice system as well as making sure police forces are working together. We've used evidence, we use analysis as well as um, what you're seeing here today on display. We're we're connected through uh, various WhatsApp groups and other things with farming communities so information in real time can be spread very quickly. So there's a range of things that we're doing to actually be more effective and it's not all about the number of police officers because Lincolnshire cannot throw unlimited resources at anything. It's about being effective with what we've got and we absolutely are the most effective in the UK today when it comes to dealing with this issue. Mark Jones, Police and Crime Commissioner. It'll be interesting to see if that figure will drop again this year and indeed whether other forces will now start to follow suit. We'll uh, keep a watch on it over the coming weeks and months, especially with harvest nearly at an end. What kind of end of harvest will it be weather-wise? Let's have a look. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. Well, a few showers possible today in places. We're looking at highs of around 19 Celsius. Quite breezy, actually, from the south-southwest, 15, gusting at 25, maybe even 30 miles an hour. Drying out, for a time anyway, overnight tonight. There could be some heavy rain first thing tomorrow morning. We'll see 15, the low generally. The wind continuing from the south, 10 to 20 miles an hour. And then a sunny start to Monday, but it will cloud over, maybe a shower in places. A little warmer, 22 Celsius tomorrow. The wind from the west, 15 miles an hour. Patchy cloud overnight, 13 will be the low as we start Tuesday morning with a shower first thing in the morning as well. We're looking at winds from the west, again 10 to 20 miles an hour. And those winds continuing from the west at about 25 miles an hour in places through Tuesday. Some cloud, maybe some late evening sunshine, 23 the high. 
Overnight Tuesday into Wednesday, we're looking at lows of around 13. It should be dry, though. The wind, more from the west still, at about 10 miles an hour. A sunny start then to the middle of the week. Warmer as well. It will cloud over in the afternoon. Highs of 24 Celsius. The wind from the southwest, 15 to 20 miles an hour. Then the latter end of the week, at the moment, it looks like there could be a belt of uh, particularly uh, heavy rain uh, passing through on Thursday, but then it should clear as we get towards the uh, end of the week. Maybe a few showers. It'll certainly be cloudy, looking at highs of around 21 Celsius. Quite windy by the end of the week as well from the southwest. We'll keep a check on that with the hourly forecast. But for now, though, that is the forecast. Next week, how is business at the moment? We'll hear from two firms selling machinery, who say things seem to be looking up. Armour truck, one thing, national sales uh, just increasing all the time. Uh, and on Clover Farm Services side, we've, we've now met a lot of new people, a lot of new customers. So our 1104, which is a 113 horsepower tractor, fitted with a front-end loader, um, seems to be our most popular uh, item at the moment. Yeah, we see that uh, we've got a very good product range now with the four machines with the Spirit, the Air Ride, the Harrier and the Predator. We've spent a lot of money in R&D over the years getting them to where they are and we see that now we've got a, a good firm base of products there to meet the farmers' demands whether in the UK or export as well. More from them next week. Until then, uh, given the crime figures earlier, I guess I should say have a, a crime-free week's farming. Take care.